Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Maranatha. The first church in the book of Acts had a greeting for each other. Rather than simply saying hello, goodbye, rather than giving airwaves or fist bumps, they said Maranatha. It meant our Lord come. Believers in the New Testament anticipated the Lord's soon return. The expectancy kept them through extreme times of persecution and trials. Hope, they discovered, was good medicine. And that's the way we feel, that our King will soon return. He came the first time as a baby in a manger to redeem us. He will come again as King to take us home. We call his first entrance into the world the advent or coming. We call the latter entrance into the world the second advent or second coming. He came first as our Savior. He will come again as our King. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 9 said, Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who eagerly await him. He will be received and accepted by those of us found watching, waiting, anticipating his return. He will come again for those, Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, for those who love his appearing. The king's return is promised. You can count on it. You can bank on it. Our belief in the Lord's return is more than fiction or fantasy. It is the lifeblood of a child of God that Jesus will soon return. This week in our daily devotions, I'm looking at the horizon and saying, this is what I foresee. This is what I see coming. And oh, we can see the coming of the King. Consider these facts. For each prophecy in the Old Testament that the Lord would come the first time. We have eight prophecies that say Jesus would come again. Some 500 prophecies in the Old Testament relate to the second coming. One in every 25 verses of the New Testament somehow concerns the return of the Lord. And his coming will not happen so inconspicuously as his prior entrance into Bethlehem. No. Revelation 19, I saw the heaven open. Behold, a white horse, he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. The first coming was for everyone, just whosoever will. The second coming will be for those indeed who were willing. There are two components to the second coming. I won't spend much time on it, but it's worthy of mention. The first component is called the rapture, and it's the catching away of the saints. The second component of the second coming is the revelation, the epiphania, the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ when he physically returns to this earth. 
At his return, those who anticipate his coming will meet him in the air. Does that sound strange? Well, there are several people in the Bible to which something similar happened. In the fifth chapter of Genesis, God took a man named Enoch in a similar fashion. And what about Elijah? Elijah was caught up in a whirlwind in a chariot of fire. Isaiah 2, Isaiah chapter 6, was caught up in the heavens, and so was Ezekiel, and so was Paul. When the clouds get dark and when we enter perilous times, we are to comfort one another with the news of the coming king. As Paul told the church, that rapture-ready church in Thessalonica, therefore comfort one another with these words. When will it happen? Oh, I'm not date setting and I'm not prognosticating and I'm not going to give you 2,000 and odd promises of why he should come this year. But when will it happen? I can say it will be soon. His return will be soon. It's just prior to Calvary. Jesus told his disciples that he'd be making a trip to heaven And there he would prepare them a place. And when all was ready, John 14, we read that he would return to take us away. The book of Acts opens with Jesus leaving and two angels promising he will return in like manner as you have seen him go. The apostles declared this again and again in Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, all the way through to the book of Revelation, which may as well be called the book of the coming king. As I said, one out of every 25 verses in the New Testament speak of the Lord's return. Nearly every major New Testament doctrine is entwined with the Lord's return. He that hath an ear, let him hear the footsteps of the coming king. Some call it the whole gospel, the full gospel, the four-square gospel, the fourfold gospel, that Jesus is Savior. He is baptizer. He is healer, sanctifier. Some would add a fifth component that he is the coming king. He that hath an ear, let him hear the footsteps of the coming king. As the writer of Hebrews said, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come. We anticipate his return, that Jesus will come again to receive us unto himself. We are called the bride in the New Testament, and his second coming is compared to a wedding in the book of Revelation. And as a bride anticipates her wedding day, so the early church lived in a state of expectancy. They lived as if Jesus would come back each and every day. Some may fault that anticipation, but that is the Maranatha mindset. It kept the church during difficult times. Soon, we will see Jesus. We will see the place he's prepared for us. We will see loved ones and friends who have gone on before us. Why shouldn't we anticipate that? We also have the promise of great rewards. At the judgment seat of Christ, the Lord will reward his faithful followers Several crowns are mentioned in the New Testament. Let me mention five of them here. The crown of discipline, 1 Corinthians 9, that the person who exercises godly discipline will receive that crown. The soul winner's crown, 1 Thessalonians 2, 
that those who win souls to the Lord, they're wise. And those jewels shine as the stars forever. Then James 1 is the martyr's crown, the person who gives their life for the cause of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 5, Jesus had promised that a person who would suffer much would be rewarded much. I like this one, 1 Peter 5, the shepherd's crown. People involved in pastoring and shepherding, there's a crown reserved for you. And then that last day's crown in 2 Timothy 4. If you endure through the last days on this earth, laid up for you as a crown of righteousness. So many crowns. And who knows how many more the Lord has prepared for those who remain faithful to him. Remember that no labor, no service, no prayer, no act of kindness is in vain. What is done in this present life will reap present and future rewards. In heaven, we see certain people worshiping the Lord and casting their crowns at his feet in Revelation 4. That will be part of the joy of receiving any crown, is to actually be able to give it back to the one who is the source of all strength. It was Thomas J. Watson, who was the founder of IBM. He once said the ability to ask the right question is more than half the battle of finding the answer. That if you ask yourself the right question, then the right answer to your life will come. The right question is not what career do I want? It's not what school should I go to? It's not uh, when will my troubles pass? It's It's not even what should I do with my life? No, the right question is this, am I ready? For Scripture speaks of making your call and election sure, to make sure your garments are as white as snow, no wrinkle, no blemish. Revelation 19 simply says it like this, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. Are you ready? That's the most important question in light of his soon return. We can't save ourselves, but we can focus on the one and cooperate with the one who is able to save and cleanse us. Noah's ark, after all, was a century in the building. Countless people were warned of the coming judgment, but only eight people, only eight souls saved by water, only eight people were ready. The right question is, am I ready? After church, where she had been taught about the second coming, a little girl quizzed her mother, Mom, do you believe Jesus will come back? Well, of course, the mother replied. Could he come back this week? The girl asked, yes. Today? Well, yes, the mom said. He could come back today. Could he come back in the next hour, mom? Yes, I suppose he could, sighed the mom. A few moments passed, and the girl said, could he come in the next few minutes, mom? Yes, dear. The little girl grew quieter still, and then finally she said, mom, would you comb my hair? Jesus is coming. The more we gain in God, the more awaits us over there. 
we lay up our treasures in another place. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is coming soon. Be ready. It was Bill and Gloria Gaither that penned a song early in their writing career, one that expresses this hope. I can hear the chariots rumble. I can see the marching throng. The flurry of God's trumpet spelled the end of sin and wrong. Regal robes are now unfolding. Heaven's grandstands all in place. Heaven's choir is now assembled, starts to sing. Amazing grace. And then that beautiful chorus, that anthem, that majestic song, the king is coming. The king is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding and now his face I see. But I love the last refrain. The king is coming. The king is coming. Praise God. He's coming for me. Here is the question. Is he coming for you? Are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord in the air? Should this be the day? Could this be the day that he returned? I want to be ready. I want to keep my eyes on the eastern sky. This has been a week of expectations. What do I see? With all of my heart, each and every day, I see the coming king. And I want to say, praise God, he's coming for me. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our daily devotion. May the Lord be with you. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. The book on prayer is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.